Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to another episode of Invino. This week we have Xanthi Jones on as a guest. Hello. She is the Hello, director of Brisbane Immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome. I'm going to crack open a bottle of Pet Nap. What are you guys? Yep. Yeah. Oh, what are we drinking? What are we drinking? Four. We're getting straight oh, into it beautiful. today. Yeah. That, sounded, uh, that looks like a science experiment. Pet Nap is pressure. Well, that's why I grabbed it. I was like, yeah, it's good. I'm really excited that you grabbed this one. Is that yeah. the only reason you grabbed it? Or you were Pretty attracted much. to the I label? S- I saw the colour and I saw that it was Pet Nat. And yeah. I saw that it was only $28. And I thought that looks like a, a I, steal. I've got to accept a little bit of um, negative one here because Pat walked into the bottle shop and just picked it straight up. And I was like, Pat, put that down. I said, at least browse first before you just grab <laughs> the first thing you get. And he refused. And I think he's made a good decision. Mm, um, very fizzy. But yeah, well, we drink this. So, um, so Xanthi, I suppose we've been chatting a bit um, this week about how like kind of hospitality and events businesses are really intertwined with booze, and so I suppose that, that's why it's interesting to kind of get the perspective on of uh, of someone who's the kind of artistic director of an events, uh, immersive events, and like how you build shows and think about shows around having booze involved in them. Mm, well, yeah, I absolutely construct shows based around booze. If you come to the play and listen to the actors saying the scripts, a lot of the scenes are triggered by, would you like a drink or join me for a drink? Um, and I really like this because doing immersive theatre, I feel that audiences can uh, see themselves in the character's shoes a bit easier come and have a drink it's like well that's what mm, I'm doing perfect invitation perfect invitation it could be Dr. Black could be saying come and have a drink to Miss Scarlet or he could be saying it to any one of the guests at the party mm. so I find that really improves interactivity brings them in yeah and immersion makes people feel yeah. like they're part well, of the the big thing about hospital show. shows and, and these kind of things are about trying to make people have an experience they forget about their normal life and, and all that kind of things so involving them that way giving them a drink and things can help people mm. feel a bit more relaxed absolutely I think it's really important mm. Also, particularly for an immersive show, someone might be very hesitant to want to interact with an actor. And so plying them with alcohol <laughs> imbues them with a sort of confidence to do it that. It does. Really? As the outsider from this who used to be able to watch many, many, many Pluto shows, mm. you noticed a lot of people were quite standoffish as they first walked yeah. through the doors and they wouldn't know where to stand. Mm. But once you just add alcohol. Yeah, everyone kind of chilled. That was like the um, way to get touched up. Brisbane Immersive's um, <laughs> Brisbane Immersive season launch, I think, went a little bit like that as well, where the first couple of the first twenty minutes, people were all just standing there awkwardly. And as mm. people got drunk and got into it, suddenly there's all this movement, and people are getting really excited. Mm. And also, they might have just been a bit um, uncertain because of the format of our <laughs> yeah. season launch. We didn't different. just get everyone stand them there and tell them what we were going to do. We got the actors to come up and start scenes, which then revealed what they were going to. That do. was a great night. 
What has what what's an update with the uh, the current state of play with coronavirus? What's uh, happening with all the, uh, well, the shows that we're planned out? Um, I've actually had people contact me being like, "Have you ever thought about virtual reality, Cluedo, and that kind of thing?" And I had to tell them, "Yes, I have thought about it, and I don't want to do that because well, it's just a video game, isn't it? At the end of the day, immersive mm-hmm. theater on, online. Yeah, it's a video game, but it's people go there to get away from their computers, well, don't they? And that's, that's exactly the, what you've created. The meaning of immersive, I think, is about you, you believe you're there and you can't really do that on a computer like it's not the that same. was my thought too is why aren't you guys doing something facebook live or but it literally is just I defeats the to. purpose doesn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah because the way i like to construct immersive and interactive theater is you know people come in and they do they get their drink they smell some smoke they smell some food they hear some music they hear a scream um and it's that kind of feeling of everything happening to you at once that mm. I really love, rather than things are happening on a screen, you hear things through headphones, it just doesn't have the same feeling. Yeah, totally. And I like a really rustic feel and feeling of connection, um, which is really nice. It's nice to be um, not doing a Zoom chat, but to be sitting around the kitchen table with a microphone with you guys. Zoom is the current word. There are lots of funny yeah. memes about it. There are. There's some really good stuff and turn yeah. your mic off. It's like every meeting takes half an hour to get started based on just like, is everyone here? Is everyone, can everyone hear me? Yeah. Audio's been Everyone's funny. talking over each other. There's one guy said, said like, I don't like, like this show. And like mediator said, this is a Zoom work conference. <laughs> 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 Do you see when, um, was it Hamish from Hamish and Andy um, dropped in on a bunch of of zoom meetings like because oh, really? yeah i don't know how exactly <laughs> it works but he basically was like uni was like open zoom groups yeah so like you got the link yeah and there's no password and it was like yeah there's no password so he would drop into like uni shoots and stuff and so it took me like, i was always watching them take like five minutes to realize that like he was in there with them <laughs> and then like finally they wouldn't be like hey wait a second isn't that it's like oh sorry guys just just hanging out popping by like, it quite, quite it funny. is there is kind of a desensitization going on with just the lack of contact and yeah a normal routine and everything yeah, Is how it? have your mornings been, Mark? Mornings have been tedious because you're just used to driving into work, getting all your wines yeah. prepped for the day for lunch and dinner service. And mm-hmm. now it's just all the restaurants, uh, we're all takeaway joints now. We're basically dark mm-hmm. kitchens. Mm-hmm. So it's just weird. It's just weird. Like you guys, from your performance point of view, like it's just destroyed everything. Yeah, I got depressed the other day when I looked at the calendar and realized we were two weeks from Cluedo was meant to, what was when Cluedo was meant to open. I was we pumped just, at your yeah. opening of the uh, what was happening this year with you guys from Cluedo through to Scouts and everything. Yeah, we announced like, you just had a great lineup. Six show season and one of them happened. And this and was going to be a year full of yeah. yeah. Two happened. We had New Year's Eve and then oh, we, we had, had New Year's Eve, yeah. Summer Carnival. But yeah, Cluedo's going to have to happen later in the year, but it's going to happen. It will happen. Yeah. It, it, we're going to cancel that over my dead body. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to It's a bit easier to roll out so quickly. And, and I think also watching, seeing how the audiences have reacted to that has been really, really positive. The fact that we had 400-ish tickets sold and we told everyone there'd be no refunds and we'd be honouring their tickets later and we've only had one single person fight There's that. There's so much good happening. Um, which is a, a beautiful, to, absolutely beautiful to see people reacting like that. Well, this is what's funding all your wine in the... <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, interestingly joking, enough, joking. All, all my all my wine, uh, I've got I've got a big collection here. I think I posted it on the Invino um, Instagram story if you want to check that out. But the um, I've got a nice little collection going, and a lot of it's actually I bought about three and a half weeks ago. Um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, when I was still working, um, not knowing that this was all about to happen, mm. I ordered a bunch of wine, and then this all happened, and it arrived late because of Oz Post mm. being behind. And, um, but when it did arrive, it was like, it was a nice surprise, but also like, I was like, oh, I can't really afford this. <laughs> um, mm. But you know, it's, it's good to have it all in. Yeah, yeah. I've been drinking a lot. 
Just been drinking every day. Everyone's been drinking bit. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else yeah. is there to do? Mm-hmm. It yeah. is the hardest thing, isn't it? Australia Post said that they're taking the longest to deliver wine deliveries. Anything heavy because it has to be used by people. Machines can't move it. Yeah, so if right. it's something that a person has to pick up and put in a new place, that's what's taking a really long time. Mm-hmm. You think about, yeah, just... <clears throat> I mean, everything once said Post was almost dying. And mm-hmm. now it's just become the main median again for everything. Yeah. Because of social distancing. But and I had a really lovely one this afternoon. A guy um, came by this morning and must have just missed me. Um, couldn't drop off a parcel. So he left a little slip. But then this afternoon, he was unloading in West End and he, he noticed my phone number was on the box of the parcel that he wasn't able to deliver. So he gave me a call and he said, will you be home this, this afternoon? And I said, yeah. And he says, oh, I'll just bring it over then. And so he actually it's brought a bit me... creepy, isn't it? Well, no, I think, I think, I think it's lovely. I think it's really nice. Like, it's human beings lovely. coming together yes. in time of crisis. He was bored yeah. too. That's what it <laughs> is. Trying to push his day. No, I just think it's a really nice, a really nice thing for someone Tell to do. Tell us what he so. brought you, Ben. He, oh, he brought me some wine from Lino Ramble. Um, and I think those guys will be on um, having a chat with us in the next few weeks as well. So hopefully, so that'll be great. Yeah, quite the lineup for all yeah. our multiple listeners out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we believe the last episode got four listeners and um, thanks for the support thanks guys for the support, we know you're really busy at the we'll moment go, yeah. Mark said we should go so. to double digits this week and we believe in you so let's do it so talking um, of wine should we talk yes, about this we wine? should we're yeah, digressing yeah. because it's just nice um, to be talking to you it, yeah it's nice to be with other people petulant natural cradle coast uh, native supernatural supernatural I like it too I don't think I could take any credit for it because I did just on a whim. I like that you're great. Impulse is good. It's even when I was good. young learning wine, like all my mentors, trust your first impulse. So it is quite um it is quite uh fizzy, isn't it? It's got it's got quite a bit of um effervescence. It does. You notice that heavy pressure when you open and this is because the fermentation is still happening in the bottle when they yeah. bottle it. Really? So we're gonna talk about sparkling and pet nat hmm. and the differences, even though they've both got bubbles. And this one, Pat selected not knowing, but it's fascinating that it's actually the two grapes in this are Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, which are the two main base grapes in normal sparkling in Champagne. Mm. So what we're seeing here is a sparkling made in a completely different style to Champagne or sparkling wine. So, so I, I've watched plenty. There's actually a great documentary if you're interested in how sparkling wine is made. It's um, a year in Champagne. There's a year in Burgundy as well that runs through the Burgundy stuff of that. But you get to really see the, the whole like bottling process and stuff that you haven't seen before. But how is what how is I have no idea how this stuff's made. So what's the difference there? So the main difference is that Petal and Natural or Pet Nat is a single fermentation, whereas sparkling or champagne goes through a secondary fermentation, yeah. which is that malolactic fermentation, which mm. you see in Chardonnay. Is that what gives you the kind of more toasty, bready kind of like... It gives you a bit of creaminess, creaminess, but you also get... There's a lot of different factors. You've got the lees, which is the dead yeast cells in the wine, and these are stirred. The what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, dead yeast. Yeah, it sounds great. Just to go through a really simple, simple process, think about yeast as almost like Pac-Man in the Pac-Man game and you've got sugar in the wine which is coming naturally from the grape which is your sugar content so Pac-Man comes in which is the yeast and he eats the sugar and out the back of Pac-Man comes <laughs> he alcohol he poos that and carbon dioxide hmm. correct so when he's finished eating and he dies he actually releases bubbles and this is how the bubbles appear in sparkling wine it's actually the dead yeast lovely and then we get those little little bits at the bottom of the bottle. That's actually the dead yeast cells mm. themselves. Which and what they do is they're called well, leaves. You'll see this towards the end. Which is L W E S. If you want the last glass, you can uh, oh, just have look. it. Well, we found um, <laughs> we were drinking a 2017 Esoterico. Yeah, the other the night. Day, the other night. And Pat ended up with this like um, clump of orange crystals in the bottom of his glass. And we were like, mm. what is that? Well, I knew um, what it was. I'd just never yeah. seen it. 
Yeah, I used to see it a lot in like German Riesling and stuff. But Question, what is it? What is so it? titrate what crystals. The crystals? Oh. They're titrate crystals, which is the dead yeast cells. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So basically sometimes in wines when there's quite a bit going on, they settle and they actually solidify. Amazing. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's not something that's always, it's not consistent. Every now and then you'll just find it in a bottle. Hmm. So it's one of those things that's unusual. But Are they more prevalent in some bottles than others? Well, things that do have live fermentation happening, like sparkling wines, then you are better chance you'll find it there, as opposed to something that's been fined and filtered in a still wine. What do you mean by live fermentation? Like yogurt? Like so alive? we're going back to Pac-Man and the live yeast cells. Uh -huh. So basically, with champagne, the process is it's basically made as a still wine, like a normal white wine. And then right at the end of the process, before the cork's put in, they basically freeze a tiny bit of the neck of the bottle and they pop that out and they put in some sugar and some live yeast hmm. and they put the cork on. Hmm. So what happens is they're not actually trying to add sweetness to the wine, they're actually creating the bubble. Oh. So the yeast eats the sugar, the yeast cell dies, and then it releases carbon dioxide bubbles. And that's how you get bubbles in your champagne. So this process, they actually do it earlier because it's a single fermentation. So it's already, the sugar and the yeast is already in there and then it goes into the bottle as opposed to champagne where it's added in the last stage. So pet nat, and as well, it's a single ferment, so it's not gonna be as creamy and rich as champagne. But this one with being Pinot Noir Chardonnay, you can actually pick up characteristics of normal sparkling. You can, wine. yeah, mm. absolutely. That's was, why it's yeah. really interesting. I was gonna say it does have it. It is. It isn't that different to, to what I've tasted from a from a sparkling. Mm. So that's the thing. Like this is a nice kind of introduction pet nat, if you like. And then you look, guys, more around that Riverland region where Brandon is. Uh, yeah. Delaquente, they do really interesting pet nats, and they use Vermentino. Yeah. In a lot of theirs, that's and you think about all the grape. nice, yeah, yes. aromatic white grapes. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's Pet nats are really good fun. The whole thing is they can actually over-ferment if you like, it's not the correct term, but that heavy pressure you saw out of the bottle can actually make these explode yeah. <laughs> sometimes. So they're quite volatile. There was a, um, Brendan actually posted the other day on uh, on Facebook a video of one of, he had tried maybe five years ago or something, tried to make a pet nap mm. and they got it wrong. And there's just this video of just like bottles just exploding oh, in the wine. No. There's a lot like, of it. Pop, 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 pop. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, and they're just like taking cover. Because oh the whole place God. is basically exploding. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. There's so, a really cool one. Um, the original pet nat was made by Costa Dia in, uh, in Italy and they do it with Prosecco with the Galera grape mm. and they pick it two different elevations and theirs is pure orange and it's quite stunning. You yeah. can get it from Anateca. It's, it's around $40, $45 a bottle. I was going to say with the colour of this, this is like, it's, I mean, it, it's Pinot Noir Chardonnay. It's almost a rosé, isn't it? It's almost a sparkling rosé like in terms yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, in terms of coloration, yeah. absolutely. And you can see they've just even given it quite a bit of the Pinot and contact. I understand the, 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 the how rosé is made mostly, but what's the difference between, I suppose, like in terms of like, we wouldn't call this a rosé, obviously it's a pet nut, the style, but what's the difference between... It is still technically rose? a rosé pet nut because you've right. got white pet nut as well. Yeah. So, okay. so there's just pet nat, although it's actually an ancient winemaking technique, so it's mm. been around for literally thousands yeah. of years. Wow. But eventually the French decided that secondary ferment does make stunning sparkling, which it absolutely does. And over the last kind of six to seven years, pet nats re-emerged. Mm. It was, it's been Italy non-stop, but it's just become, it's almost a bit along the lines of craft beer. It's a bit mm. funky and wacky. I was going to say, it almost has a bit of a craft beer. Yeah. Yeah. This is what everyone's doing. Well, maybe it's almost got a bit It is. Of well, a lot of people give it, and you look at those, especially the white-only ones, have more of a cidery yeah. characteristic. Yeah, it's a bit of You cider. start to get a little yeah. bit of fruit coming out. This mm. one is pure, pure bone mm. dry. 
And that's the thing about having live yeast in your bottle is that it does consume all the sugar in the bottle. So you're making a pure, pure dry sparkling. Yeah. So that's the thing. And it's all visual, wow. like with this almost candy pinky color, yeah, it alludes to it being a bit sweet or yeah. there being some nice big flavors, but it is bone dry. Yeah. Mm. It is really, it's subtle as well. It's, it's really mm. well balanced. So this is actually, so this is ghost Good rock wines. Yeah, I know. This is... Um, um, it's a gut instinct. That's yeah. what you need. That's what we've been talking about this with Pat on the podcast. Mm. He doesn't know a lot of the details, but he's got the gut. He's got the wine gut instinct. The other thing with Pet Nat is it doesn't keep where you can put something on sparkling and keep it for yeah, a few days. You need yeah. to drink the bottle right. immediately. Do you think they've called it? I'll help with that. <laughs> Do you think they've called it supernatural as a play on words for petter? What's the full thing for pet natural? Petal and natural. Petal and natural. I think, I think supernatural definitely has a thing. Mm. So this is this is Ghost Rock wines. They're in um, northern coast of Tasmania. I can't find actually what it says. Cradle coast. Cradle coast. Just north of Burnie. Um, and so they've actually, if you are interested in trying this wine, free delivery, free delivery Australia wide at the moment. So you can just buy it straight off the the winemaker, and they'll send it over. But um, yeah, Ghost Rock. It's the first one I've seen out of Tassie, and it is good fun. Good job, yeah. Ghost Rock. Yeah. yeah, it's a great wine. Well done, Pat. Good pick. Nice spooky label about yeah. that. Know how to pick those reds? It is. There is a New Zealand wine company called Supernatural, but I'm sure it's uh, it's not not the same one. No, I'm sure there'd be a bit of controversy if it was. So, anyone else? <laughs> anyone found any other really really cool wine? Great wine deals, kind of kind of cool wines or anything this week? Anything that they've drank? That no, I've been on? looking for spirits mostly. Yeah, I'm you got it. Pat's, Pat's cocktail of the week is coming later. <laughs> Don't worry, hold, hold on to your seats. That's it. I know there's at least three coming. or four of you are pretty excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there are new listeners. We used to have zero, but the four that are here are here for Pat's cocktails. <laughs> yes. yes. But He's no, picking so the wine. He's bringing the cocktails. I actually had um similar thing to what Pat did. I was hanging out with another friend earlier in the week and we were having a few drinks and he walked into the same bottle shop actually a craft at um, Cooperoo and he just went that looks cool and pointed out this um, it was just a blank bottle um, with just a one kind of circular label on it that just had no words it was just a design kind of thing and it was called the tag said cloud project and it was turned around it was a Montepulciano um, we thought okay didn't know where it was from nothing about it and it was 20 bucks and we thought well, let's give it a go I've never tried this before um, we brought it home it was delicious it was kind of like um, confectionery fruits kind of flavors and mm -hmm. it was absolutely delicious um, and uh, we, we actually did a bit of research on it. it turns out it's a guy from Inogra in Brisbane who's the winemaker but he seems to get his grapes from a few different locations and so it's a cloud project that the winemaker was called wedded to the weather um, but yeah, really just like unique and interesting and Brisbane wine, which, is, wow. which I think is really, really cool. I know Greg McGill from Torbreak tried to make some wine at home at Astley. It did not go so Didn't well. Didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was trying to do some, yeah, do it all hand work wise and realize that it's quite a big project. Mm. Yeah, it's not as easy as it sounds. It's not yeah. as easy as making beer in your yeah, basement. When he talks about it, you see the, the pain on his face. Or <laughs> <laughs> single tear glistens yeah. in the corner of his eye. It streams down his cheek. Yeah. But is that? It's like the, the brewing, the craft beer stuff where people are brewing at home a lot now. Yeah. You can actually, you know, buy a little egg and all the kind of cool fun stuff. You leave mm. the oak side out of it, which is your large cost. You can buy grapes for anyone. They sell to anybody. You can buy yeah. contract grapes. Yeah. And you can make wine. And that's even like where on this side of town where my Italian relatives grew up. Like they were still making wine under the house back in the mm -hmm. day. They get grapes sent from interstate, crush them, put some yeast in there, put them in 40 gallon drums. What kind of wine like, would they make? Oh, I mean, it was just like what you'd call a classic red. So you'd assume it'd probably be something Shirazi. Oh, we're yeah. talking 70, so it would have been about three. <laughs> but I remember it just being bloody horrific. <laughs> like not good at all yeah. I'm pretty sure they bottled them in old toolies. and you just just cap them 
It was very old school. Is, yeah. well, that's how they used to do the old tomato days as well in oh. Italian land. That was good fun. But it was. It was really horrible wine. But this is all like, this is what Dolcettos and Montes and all these wines are just easy to make. It's just a matter of how good you make it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not hard to actually yeah, do the process, but mm. doing it well is a whole different story. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do we, do you, do you like this one? This wine? Then? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's a really, because none of us have been drinking a lot of Pet Lab over the last 15, 20 years, yeah. it's a really new style, so it's a really fun journey to go on. Yeah, well, I think this might be the maybe second or third Pet Night I've ever had. Yeah, I, I haven't had a whole lot. I remember I was many. first introduced to it working at Luigi's like a couple of years ago, and I just thought, what is that? Yeah. I've struggled a bit in bars and restaurants because of the nature of having to drink the whole bottle. And they're not super cheap because yeah, they're not made it. in large quantity. Yeah. So you might see them for around that 60 to $70 on a list when you go to is sparkling, which is around that price anyway. So a lot of yeah. people are averse to mm-hmm. jumping on, but I assume you would have paid around like low 20s. 28. I paid 28 for that one. Yeah, yeah. But that's the, I, mean, I don't mind price. paying 28 because like, if I want to get a decent spe- French sparkling at Dan Murphy's, I'm paying 28 bucks. Like, that's yeah, yeah. The, like, that's the cheapest you're really getting something kind of good. But this, is, this is why Pennat's a really good fun one to buy when you've got a group of four or five, mm. you know, you're going to have a glass and well, finish yeah, I the mean, bottle. This bottle is almost gone, guys, so <laughs> we're definitely enjoying it. Um, but yeah, really good fun. And really kind of, I guess we're moving out of the summer months, like this is a certainly a summer wine. Yes, mm. yeah, it absolutely is. I like it because it's kind of like pretty and pink and girly and fizzy, but also very very dry like you were saying so it's not sweet which means it is it's lovely perfect yeah. for it's me. actually opening up a little bit too yeah it really is cool. it is yeah. i like that i like the little bit of tartness i get We're as well yeah. happy. big fan of sour beers and tart wines and there is a soundness isn't it on the back of the palate there is a little bit of a soundness there mm. that's um it's quite what i like about pet nets specifically yeah it is uh you'd almost find a white pet nat to go with the 66 yeah. yeah i was thinking about that it's got the right amount of fizz and a bit of neutrality to it yeah so tell us about the 66. The 66, I well, I was going to try and save it for the next week. Well, no, tell us about cocktail. it and we'll, we'll make it Oh, next you're, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah, next episode. Spoiled it. Next yeah, episode. Right. Go a little teaser. Okay, so Ethan Brewing Co. did a Pet Nat Sour. Uh, with Owen Larder. With Owen Larder, that's right. Yeah, a couple cool. months ago. Cool. I went on their website the other night and they're not doing it at the moment. I hope they bring it back because it was the best sour I think I've ever had because mm. it yeah. just hit... The back of my palate in, in just the perfect way that I wanted it to. It just cut through. Like, I was a big fan of that. And then uh, I was looking up a recipe for a beer cocktail when um, Baydecker with Mark. Pretty busy that a night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, my back bar got very <laughs> busy. And yeah. The amount of times I walked into that bar and Pat was just on the iPad looking at pop cocktail recipes. Yeah. While he was, there wasn't that many people out there. Yeah, no. Well, I didn't have a whole lot to do most nights, but that's fine. It's uh, paid off in other ways. This was a, um, it might have been like a, it might have been actually like a Flanders red ale recipe. It was basically calling for disarono, orange juice, and beer. Yeah. Um, that sounds awful. Yeah, it, it sounds, sounds like It sounds really awful. I remember swearing at Pat at work when he said he was going to make it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember thinking like that sounds It sounds terrible. really bad. I yeah. think I did make it with uh, a non-sour beer. To yeah, that was it. Wasn't yeah. There was a couple yeah. of and, we, and I think we drums. actually used orange juice from the bottle rather than fresh OJ. Did it turn um, out okay? So the first one, no, no <laughs> not, good, not good at all. No. Yeah. And then we sort of, and then we sort of finessed it a bit and and mucked around with the with the measurements, and it ended up being. I'll just give you the recipe now. I think it was a shot and a half of Di Then we added half a shot of maraschino cherry liqueur, 
a full shot of freshly squeezed orange juice and that would be shaken um, uh, with ice and then you'd pour it over ice and then you'd top it with the pet nat uh, sour that Ether Brewing did hmm. and you'd top it with a dehydrated orange or a fresh orange depending on uh, your taste and what you had available hmm. and then you put a st- it was in a tall glass so you'd have a straw as well so metal straw of course yes hmm. metal straw <laughs> um, and because it was layered it was yeah it was sort of it was almost like those you know those drink. yeah you know when you get those cigarettes that you pop it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's like no. you enjoy yeah. you enjoy it the, two different ways. So you can either you can either enjoy it uh, layer to layer or then stir it all together. Yeah. And I gotta say this is my favorite cocktail. Which this way is, did you prefer it? Layer to layer or stir? No, together. I preferred it stirred, yeah. Because because you had, you had a disarono and maraschino cherry on the bottom, it yeah, was very intense. Very, very intense. But once it that all mixed together with the oh, sour yeah. and the orange, that it was phenomenal. That beer, I, the beer made I, it. Yeah, I know the beer made it. So I've been thinking about Good what job, Ethan. The Bring it sour back. beer made it. Yeah, the sour beer really balanced it out. I think Owen's actually going to come on the podcast in the next few weeks, so we need to talk. Yeah, to him we'll get him to talk to him. He might have a secret stash. He mm. might have a secret stash. We might be able to get him to make it at home because he's going to come in via yeah. like Zoom live link. So maybe I remember that was to... called a pet nat sour. So that was made yeah. with riesling from Owen's vineyard, mm. which had been made into a pet nat. How much? You know how much uh, grape was actually in that then compared? It's a to... very good question. I wonder because it didn't taste like a wine; it tasted like a beer. Yeah. So I wonder how much percentage of actual wine was in there versus the beer amounts. Put it on the list to ask. Mm. So I'm not sure if I had involvement or just supply, but it'd be yeah. a really good thing to no, ask. Is he the, sure. is well, is he the maker? Owen Lauder is a winemaker, so I don't think he made Aether Brewing made the beer, but he provided ah. the grapes. In terms of the sour, it was one of the better I tasted last year. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. So speaking of sour, apparently sour beer is, if you're talking food pairings, is apparently the best, one of the best junk food. We're talking like chips, mm. um, candy, mm. that kind of stuff. Apparently mm. it's one of the best because it's very palate cleansing, but leaves that flavor kind of residual and apparently it's really good with things like Doritos um, everything's good snakes, with Doritos like, you know, it's where like champagne's a really good match for like potato chips and yeah, stuff yeah this would be as well I think this would be great with um, mm. yeah, yeah. about like fried chicken and stuff with champagne like that kind of that and fried chicken is pretty cool yeah this would be through the fat like yeah. that kind of yeah Ben and I had a great pairing this week we did an English big breakfast with sausages hash browns baked beans eggs and bacon and toast um, and we paired it with a Pinot Noir. Yeah, breakfast for dinner. It was actually the Pinot Gamay from Thick as Thieves. And uh, yeah. Pat and I have a friend who's a bartender at he was a bartender at Luigi's, and he used to say that um, Pinot Noir is the best breakfast wine. <laughs> um, so when I yeah, so he, most he people think champagne. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, Pinot Noir. Noir. And so when, when Xanthi said let's have breakfast for dinner, I was like, I've got to I've got to pair this with a Pinot. Like mm. I had to. And it was it was great because I feel like Gamay. I've always read that Gamay goes all the sausages, mm. with the yeah, with the fat and the salt. Well, it's a and, local dish too yeah. in France. And so sausage. I was like, this is perfect. The Pinot Gamay with the bacon egg sausages. It was honestly what a what a combo. Mm. That was a phenomenal combo, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it was a wonderful breakfast. We've been, we've been eating well in in ISO. I love breakfast. Yeah, we have. It's my favorite yeah. kind of dinner. Mm. That and toasted cheese sandwiches for dinner. Oh yeah, yeah. Simple. yeah. Pat and I got really drunk the other night and watched. Um, <laughs> Yeah, which was great. It was great watch, especially when you're drinking with a mate. Because when we saw that movie in the cinema, it was kind of a bit slow paced. But when you're watching it with a friend, having a few drinks, and you can talk in the slow bits and stuff and really kind of chat about the movie, laugh at the movie, it was phenomenal. And then I made a bacon and egg sandwich, barbecue sauce, and it was just. weapon. Drunk yeah. cooking is also yeah. terrible. I love fun. drunk. Mm. I've got burns. I've got scars from cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one night at a party, Xanthi was really drunk. I drank a whole. It was my Pinot, birthday. Whole bottle of Pinot Gris or something like that. And I came in and found her making um, French fries of some kind, and she tried to take. 
them out of the oven without using oven gloves. Oh, wow. That is up there. <laughs> um, I don't think I tried to take them out of the oven. I think I was, I was taking it out with one hand and I was just a bit drunk and tippy and I whacked the hot tray oh, into yeah. my arm. Definitely tried to stabilize it with a hand that wasn't. It was very My uh, hand was fine. The scar is on my arm. Yeah. And I think I put the tray on my on my Well, arm. I think it's about time, Mark, for, for, for the options oh. game. Can you uh can you hook us up with um, some wine? So we're not gonna look. Mark's got it covered up, I think, mostly, but we're gonna look this way. Patrick and I Do we need are gonna take round two. But I will say, yeah, Mark's got the glasses over there. Oh, I will say while well, well, Mark's doing this that last week our game of options we think was a little unfair because uh, we think the wine was actually heat damaged um, as we drank it. It definitely wasn't up to the standard that we'd expect from it. And the that the next day actually poured it poured some out. And it, was, it was almost brown already. So we think we found that um, potentially that wine was was not exactly what we thought it would so be. It was unfair on the contestants, and it was unfair on the unfair wine on the winemaker. I think yeah. more importantly, in, in the sense you were that we tasting didn't, it like we didn't really. Yeah, I was like, yeah. this smells like dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. So yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we should re-review that that bottle of wine if we get an opportunity to to yeah. actually give it the justice um, for the winemaker. Justice, that justice it for Pat right. Mark. Mark has given us our wine, and I already know what it is. It smells like I hate Holy it. Holy dooly! Don't show me the bottle. Why What's you it? Why you got the bottle out here? Get it away! I'm not. It's in my yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen put it. it down. Put, yeah. put it down. Put it down. Jesus Christ, Mark! You almost saw it. He's trying to help you guys cheat. That's no. awful. All right, no, he's he's hitting yeah, it. He's hitting it. All I right. think I, I'm gonna just. I, I don't want you to tell me right now. This is Pinot. This is Pinot Noir. Um, okay. But, um, let's 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 go through it. Oh please, even um, I would have said so it's Pinot Noir. Let's play the options game. All right. Do we think this is a red wine? Do, or it's a white it's wine? so visible. <laughs> it just 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 put it on the ground, Mark. <laughs> Oh, um, we haven't actually seen it, but like it was, it would have been very. I, I'm not wearing my glasses, but man, it would have been easy to see. Um, okay, I, so I well, it's a red wine. Red wine, very good. Is it from old world or new world first? Old world or new world? I think it's got to be new world. I, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's a French Pinot. I don't. It's yeah. It's but I still and, kind of don't know what that means. So well, it's really <laughs> yeah. No, this is this has got to be new world. And also, I did see that it had a screw cap, which does help. Cool. It is old world. Oh. Oh. Got us. <laughs> it's old world. Yeah. Wow. It okay. Um, do we think it's from Italy, France, or Spain? Italy, France. It's Pinot Noir, which I think it is. I think it's got to be from France. I'm gonna say you Spain. You just have to say Spain. There's yeah. no one else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. It is from France. But you pointed so, it. Tricky. It's so tricky. All right. That's so tricky. All right. So it's French. Then. It's French. Okay. Deductions. So. Do we think it's from Burgundy? Do we think it's from the Rhone? Northern or Southern? So you can just say Rhone. Okay, good. He's lost both good, of us. Is say, it from Begonia? Begonia. That's what I was going to say, and then he said it, but I'm still saying it. Yeah, I was totally going to say that too. Sorry, no, wait. I was saying Begonia is Burgundy. Correct. So he's trying to trip me up there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and secondly, yes, it's got to be Burgundy because the Rhone might so, make Pinot, but they don't really make Pinot. Points to me and Xanthi too. If it's yeah, I, we should I, take I, some I'm yeah, so unsure that this. I don't see how this could be old world like Burgundy though. It just feels like New Zealand Pinot Noir to me. It feels like Central Otago. Like gosh, even the well, really nice French oaky stink makes you think Otago. 
Oh my God, it is oaky and stinky. Yeah. That's why when I sniffed it, I said, I'm not going to like this. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, yeah, smells. I just, for some reason, like, because I knew it was, uh, like, it felt like Pinot straight away. And to me, that's why I said New World. Like, to me, I just snapped to this, this is Central Otago Pinot, mm. like, in terms of the bo- the weight of the body of it, the kind of, the slightly savory components. I just 100%, like, because I drank a lot of Central Otago Pinot. I used to love it. It was one of my only things I drank. Oh, and yeah. to me, that was just like, but yeah, if it's French, it's got to be Burgundy. Correct. Okay, and we can we just acknowledge that it's Pinot Noir, and not go yeah, through the <laughs> not go through those. So the next one Absolutely. is vintage. Vintage. This is a good yeah. one. Okay. So what are our three options? I'm just going to give you guys: is it the '90s, the 2000s, or the last decade, 2010s? 2010s. Because no one's going to pick an exact. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm probably going to go middle of the road again because that worked last time. I think yeah. it's I think it's tens. You think it's 2000s? Yeah. And you what do you I reckon? Think it's 2010. Yeah, based on instinct. Is it 10s? It's 2008. 2008? Yeah, oh. 12 years old. Okay, I was going to say, I was going to say maybe six years old. I was going to say, you're not giving us a wine from the 90s. No, <laughs> no. But also, no. so, age, so there's that much age on this. Yeah, that's the beauty of wow, a good so type fresh. Frenchie. This yeah. is lovely. This is really nice, Mark. When I open it, I'm like, why did I open this? This can't be a cheap bottle of wine. No, I stole it from work. Ah. <laughs> so, we should have known that it was older because it is kind of got a very deep smell. I feel like there's a lot of levels. I'm trying to. I'm actually to the just sniffing of it. The producer. the producer. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the producer as well. Um, well, I did see the bottle. What did it say? I thought it said Claire Valley. <laughs> you thought it said Claire Valley? <laughs> I saw the bottle. Well, then it's probably. Saw, that's probably not right. Then. I saw the bottle and I saw a bicycle, but I was like, that doesn't help. Bicycle? Me. Okay. Um, if I recognise labels, then I'd know, but I, I don't know. So the cool thing is that I double decanted this wine. Oh, oh and then put it back in the bottle. We, we thought he might have done that because we saw the... um. Well, we didn't think he might have done that, sorry. We accused him of, of maybe being up to tricks because he wasn't Ooh. particularly hiding the bottle earlier when he came. We saw the cap of it. Clear Valley Riesling. It's not a Clear Valley Riesling. Well, you think I'm going to just give um, this to you? Clear Valley Riesling. Let elimination game. Oh, yeah. it's not a bicycle at all. So we're drinking a Louis Vardo from uh, 2008. He's a really big producer. From uh, France, one of the largest, along with Gougal. So they're not like obviously the most exciting wines, but they make big production. Their wines are usually pretty tight and aged quite well. I'm starting to taste like as soon as you said it's aged, now I can start to actually pick it up. They're all those little prompters, aren't they? Yeah, as soon as you mention it, I'm like, but it's good that you pick Pinot up straight away. Like that's really good. I mean, it was just yeah, it it felt. This really kind of annoys me because when I was driving, when we were driving to the shops before, I was thinking what I should do next week when it's my turn. It's like, wouldn't it be funny? If I got a cask of red wine, <laughs> decanted it into a bottle, and then tried to get as well after blending it, <laughs> and then seeing if I could convince these or seeing what they thought of the wine, I think we would both just go, "This is shit, Pat." <laughs> I had an old anti-wine boss who'd always thought I was a bit of a tosser, which I am, <laughs> and he'd always try and get me. Like I'd finish work and he'd put a couple of reds out, and I knew they were like three buck wines. Yeah. And he'd go like, what's that guy? It's not even worth drinking. Like, please. But he um, always just thought it yeah. was fun to well, try and my brother tried to do it to me with Ribena. Didn't pick that up. They well, immediately. Although Brichetto has a Ribena well, character. He opened a that nice cassis. He opened this like really old bottle of Barossa Shiraz that was meant to be like <laughs> eight hundred bucks or something. It was like a run rig or one of those kind of things. Uh Torbrek or something. And basically, um, they drank it by the time I got there. And when I got there, um, he'd Topped up a bit of Ribena in the bottom, so I reckon there's still a bit of wine in there. 
like maybe like Brutal. he's a dregs, but he, then he put the Ribena in the bottom of the decanter. And I, I poured it out. And first thing I, I saw is like, I was like, this doesn't have the body of a shoe. This isn't like, doesn't have the color. I was like, and then I tasted it and I was just like, Alex, that's Ribena. And he's just like, no, it's not. He tried to argue with me for like a good 20 minutes. Eventually, I think he admitted that like actually- no, Poker versus poker player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Alex is a professional poker player. So he's got, he's got the poker face, but I just know when you he's- You both got that poker in you, but- I had one time, Alex, we went to Macca's and um, he he brought Macca's home for me and he put um, laxatives in the Macca's drink. <laughs> what um, the- Brutal. But I, he handed me the drink and I just looked at it and I was like, something's not right. And I opened- the lid of the Macca's drink and it was all like weird and fun bubbly mm. and stuff and I was like no I'm not touching this what is this and it was Lexidus but like I just knew I just he had me the drink oh, yeah, and there's just something sibling connection that sibling connection of like I knew that he was up to something. also pure. he like, would never hand you something <laughs> <laughs> pick it up bitch you'd be like where's he my drink and he'd be like oh, <laughs> on the bench or the Alex the does Alex does follow us on Instagram so it's possible that he's oh, it, so. sorry Alex I'm um, not that sorry yeah. <laughs> he also force fed someone like so was at fake gunpoint once, which was a fun experience. Yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds funny. like a crime. Sounds criminal. Poor kid, poor but... kid went to Dreamworld the next day. Didn't have a good time. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Oh, imagine right. being on the Tower let's, of Terror. I could, Terror. I could go terrifying. for hours about stories of things me and my brother did when we were younger, but let's oh, you were go back to wine. Well, not in that one. But good okay. job on the options. Everyone went on a pretty good path there. Yeah, so what do we get? So, so we got... Wrong about Old World, but and then it was France correct, Burgundy correct, Pinot correct, vintage just wrong. Well, Pat got it right. Do I get a point for Clear Valley? No, because no, you actually did see Clear Valley. Was so was you well, I didn't try to cheat. No, you don't get a point for cheating. <laughs> it was an integrity test. Yeah, <laughs> fail and you failed. <laughs> yeah. So it, well, it would have been under Corker initially then. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm pretty sure Louis Jado uses the composite like Diam or something. Yeah, that's right. Wait, Mark, yeah. do you want the rest of my Burgundy? Go. On. Mm, I don't want it. Oh, Xanthi doesn't like bone. This is this is beautiful. Mm. Do you see, yeah, it's do really you, good. It does it's have really that, good shape. I feel like it does have that connection. Like, it's I, I think like, about $35, 40 dollars at yeah, Dan's. It's nice. So that that connection. And they all the like their they're a nice start to French Pinot because you know mm. you can go up into the hundreds oh, and thousands. Yeah. But all those ones are around that thirty to forty-five dollar mark. There's a few single vineyard ones that pop up at Dan's and First Choice, and it's worth keeping an eye out for them. Because they're not expensive and they're just quite tasty. Yeah. They have all those lovely French Pinot characteristics. Do you have any couple that, that you would um, recommend off the top of your head? I'm trying to think. I haven't been to a first choice or a dance for a long, long time. But yeah. they have brands that they specifically bring in and I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. But if you look on the back of the label, they'll say Jay Busby, I believe it is, James Busby. Who's that? And that's the Woolworths cover name for their import business. So it oh. says like James Busby Wines and Associates or something. But it's actually Woolworths buying. They just put it under a... It's like the... It's a what's that really shitty beer that has like the pub at South Brisbane? Oh, James Squire. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, where's Mount Franklin? Has anyone been to Mount Franklin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's James Squire. They make up a silly story. Yeah. And again, it's just mm. another... Anyone been to Mount? Yeah, I, I, that's I pretty funny. I'm definitely getting like the characteristics from this. I've video always been like, wanting to do like a. I thought it'd be a really fun journey, like a skiddy show to go. I'm going on a journey to Mount Franklin. Mm. To find it's just like a hill in water. Detroit or something. Like it's just like <laughs> no, it's, it's actually like, a hill in Victoria, and they make the water near there, but it's literally water out of a tap. So it's Mount Franklin, cool Australian. Thing. Yeah. So because, but it's all around the world now. So it's actually an Australian based. So it's got well, I think it's Coca Cola. It, it, Coca Cola is Coca-Cola now, but I, I didn't. I just wouldn't have guessed it's Australian. That's interesting. They've spread it. Mm. It's in the US and, and yeah, water's still the fastest growing non-alcoholic market 
It's crazy. It has been for like the last 14 yeah. years. Well, it's getting more expensive. This is what I suppose a lot of the winemakers are talking about now about like the fact that water is getting so expensive that the like uh, crops without irrigation and mm. working towards those more natural yeah, methods. Because that is actually fucking dude from Nestle was like, it's not a human right. They're trying to buy all the water. Yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah. That story <laughs> and the water shortages in the states. Like they yeah. don't have enough problems at the moment. Yeah, mm. and water pollution as well. Like that, some people have no choice but to drink bottled water because they don't have access to clean water. Mm. Oh, yeah, Flint, it's Michigan. mental. Yeah, from mm. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. And have you seen that fracking Oh, yeah, Gasland. Oh, my God. That is too. fascinating. Yeah, it's wild. Fascinating. That's one of my favorite docos, I reckon. Yeah, well, the moral of the story is don't drink water, just drink wine. Yeah, yes. I think so. Don't as, contribute to an evil empire. <laughs> as we're actually moving, uh, moved away from wine for a moment, Pat, do you want to, do you reckon you want to... All right, yeah, no, I guess we should do this. Pat's going to go put together the cocktail. Yes. Um, oh, do we get some shaking noises? That'll breakfast for dinner, yeah, again. Breakfast for dinner. Yes, so this cocktail is inspired by breakfast for dinner, but we'll... um. Yeah, this we'll, is fascinating. Content. Yeah, so we'll see what's going on. Yeah, we'll um, allow Patrick to explain all the ingredients. But when he told us, he was like, I'm thinking about calling it breakfast for dinner. And well, no, like, oh, no, not breakfast, breakfast for dinner, breakfast champions. of champions. Yeah. And we were like, why would you call it that? And then he explained how there's like yeah. literally eggs and bacon in it. Eggs and bacon and coffee. Yeah. And coffee. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. So I was suggesting maybe like something like yeah, nine to man. five because it's like yeah, good morning. Yeah, and then through to booze in the evening. Like. I honestly think breakfast of champions. Did you call it all day brekkie? All day. All day brekkie. Um, what did I say in the car, Ben? Have a good day at work, sweetie. Have a good day at work, sweetie. Pack it up for him. That's great. I, Have I a love good that day too. at work. That's really good. I love it. Um, but yeah, so Mark, a uh, great bring for options though. This is um, this is lovely, and the, the, well, it had some nice yeah. characteristics. And I think, you guys I think the age, like I think the thing I missed is the acidity has definitely dropped off a bit, and I think that's probably the the indicator that it's a bit older. Yeah, um, the colour's still quite good. Yeah, the uh, I mean that can be skin contact as well, you yeah, know. Right. And really? that's what I think a lot of these bigger producers do. Err on the side of more tannin and mm. more skin contact. Mm. I'm not a smart red wine well, person, about... but it kind of looks a little muddy to me. Is that the point? Mm -hmm. Muddiness is a really good term. It's something that was, it was a term used more in the 80s and 90s. It was for Beaujolais and old Burgundies and cheap Burgundies too. And cheap yeah. uh, Bordeaux, like Cabernet Blanc. lack of filtration and fining? Or is no, it... it's more actually the texture of the wine. Like mm. it's actually, they say it's quite muddy and that it's got quite a bit of thickness to it. Yeah. It doesn't have like full structure yeah. like you get from some of the finer wines. So talking about aging, like about something, because this is a great example of something that's, that's what, 12 years old now and it's held up really well. Um, so I've, I've always read about the fact that you've got to age a wine, the things that protect it are sugar, tannin and acidity. That's mm. what protects a wine while it ages. So what about this kind of like, what about this kind of wine allows it to get to 12 years old and still trick me when I first drink it to think that it's maybe only five years old? That's a good question, Ben. This is where we start to talk about those really important vintage conditions of that year mm. and the weather. So if you look, go back to like 2008, over the last kind of, I guess it's like the last 14, 15 years mm. now, France has been getting these wild heat waves. Yeah. And it's all the Sahara yeah. winds are coming through. So they're getting like high 40s yeah. temperatures. Oh, yikes. So if you're just looking at it like as a really like basic, basic A to B, the hotter it is, the more concentrated your fruit's going to be. Yep. So you're going to have less water in there. So technically it should age better if yeah, the quality right. of your grapes so is you've got there. Kind of, oh. So it's almost like uh, diluting like a cocktail. 
So it's like the more the more water in there, the less the other flavors you get. So you've mm. got your kind of it's going to be uh, more sugar, more acid, more tannin, in, in and a more, grape, intense and more intense flavor yeah. than it would be if it was water. watered down by yeah. the grapes. Correct. Exactly. And right. then think That's about amazing. even from a cooking point of view, like tomato versus sun-dried tomato. Yeah. It's oh, the same yeah. concept. Same. Yeah, exactly the same. The longer you leave that grape on there, it's going to start to become a raisin slowly. And the, the sugar. And you know you have like muscatels with your cheese boards yeah. and yep. stuff, Love and how that. sweet they are. Yeah. Uh -huh. Because all the water's gone. Being dried, so the fine line of winemaking is working out when to pick because the yield is the other important thing. You still actually need to be getting a lot of juice, so you yeah. can make a lot of wine, so you can sell it and make money. So it's all about it's a, it's the finest line there is in wine about when to pick and mm. how much wine you're actually going to produce that year. Like when you've been around for 40, 50 years, you know what you're selling each year and how much you're going to sell, so you know how much juice you need to get from your vineyards. So. Mm. There's like there's business decisions and there's also those lovely romantic yeah, decisions. And you can well. also get ruined by a massive rainfall just before you pick. Can actually mm. put all the water back into the grape and, and take away all the work that you thought you were doing for waiting and things like that. Oh, I was so listening hard. to something recently talking about the fact that the business side of things in, in, in France most most is not obviously always the case, but most people that grow the grapes also make the wine and they might sell to a collective but yes. when they sell to a collective they sell the juice like the, the wine not the grape whereas in australia a lot of winemakers are just winemakers and they buy the grapes yeah. and they turn it into wine and so apparently something you that happens here sometimes is that if there's a really low yield so just pause while pat takes his cocktail come shake it next to the mic here yeah, yeah, room. i think it's loud enough um yeah and so basically if if a yield's really low, a um a produce like the wine grower might get out there with the sprinklers and just soak the vineyard, swell the grapes up because mm. what they're doing is they're selling it by the ton, they're yeah. selling it by weight. So if they fill them with water, they're worse grapes. Man, they're gonna make more money. And so you can end up with mm. like yeah. So that's it's a really interesting concept of like when that fine line between picking at the point of which where the yeah. grapes ready, if the acidity's that's higher, the sugar's higher. I actually saw a movie, um, it's a French film, and I saw it um, at Palace a few years ago um, at part of the French festival, and it's called Back to Burgundy. Mm. Um, and it's a really lovely, touching story about um, a man who settles down in Australia, actually. Yeah. Um, but then I think some family members die, and I haven't got a good memory for movies. But he has to go back to Burgundy, and his sister is there trying to run this business. Um, and it's all about kind of balancing winemaking with business, with, you know, family responsibilities, with making money, with selling the vineyard and people mm. picking grapes from their side of the fence and all that kind of thing. So um, if you want an interesting movie that has a lot to do with winemaking, wine tasting, mm. um, but also has a really nice touching storyline. It's in French, though, so that deters a lot of English <laughs> nice speakers. Nice scenery, but, no doubt. As well. Oh, oh beautiful <laughs> scenery. Yeah. And, and just a lovely, lovely movie. It's called Back to Burgundy. All right, we have a cocktail. It's It looks like a milkshake. Um, it's strong by the sound that Pat just made. <laughs> Are you panting? No, I'm, um, I'm a little bit... Oh, yeah, because I... Um, shook it I really had to, hard? Well, I had to shake it so the ice actually fully dissolved. Do you mind if I sniff it? Because there's egg so in that while, they, while they're tasting it, um, two things to know um, in vino listeners is firstly, we're recording... Well, it's actually the same point with two kind of sub points. Um, we're recording from home now, so we no longer are going into the studio with all the professional mics. So we're recording um, at my house uh, with uh, a nice mic that we have that's more of a room pickup mic. So if you're noticing any drop in 
audio quality. <laughs> You're trying to control your breath. But secondly, secondly, it's, um, it's it means a, it's a workout. It means that I don't have to drive, and, and I pick Pat up before we started and all that thing, so we don't have to drive, which means that we can drink more booze while we record, which means we can taste the wines better. We can kind of you know taste the cocktails a bit more. So what you'll notice afterwards. is lower quality, and we'll be drunker. So enjoy it. Yeah, frankly. So basically. overall, a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those four listeners are going to be right, pissed. Let's, let's try this cocktail. All right, and who, who needs to try it? I haven't tried it. You tried it? I haven't tried it. I've only sniffed it. I, I sniffed oh, you guys it haven't tried it yet. What is in it? Can we talk yeah, about yeah, it? All right, well, let's talk about what's in it. So there's a technique called fat washing, which Love is this. where you render fat, animal or otherwise, and you fuse what? it. What? <laughs> You could use like <laughs> you, could, or you, you could use um like oils and stuff like That's that. Oh yeah. right! Why yeah. don't you go straight to human flesh? Well, we are animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I was like, thank you. Sorry, continuing. So um, I uh, I tried this a couple nights ago with some bacon fat, and it, it didn't work out quite as well as this one did. But I've tinkered with the with the measurements a little. So I used a, a pancetta fat. Which I got from Luigi's a while ago. Could, what, what, do you remember what that? That was smoke. Oh, it, it's smoked it's, pancetta. Um, it's, it's, I think it's. Um, they made two. I'm not sure which one that was. One is applewood smoked pancetta, mm. and one was a coffee cured smoked mm. pancetta. I think it might be the coffee cured. I think it might one. be. And we made a carbonara with this a couple of weeks ago, and it, oh yeah. man, the flavour it imparts, and the dish I'm going to re- recommend yeah. later on actually is made with this, and the flavour it imparts is just. So when you cook the fat off. Sorry, you cooked the fat off. You cooked the fat. I just, I just cut the fat off and, and cooked it in it. a cooked, it, re- yeah. rendered it in a in a saucepan. Mm-hmm. So if and you then, start if you start cold in the saucepan and then slowly heat the pan up, it'll allow that fat to come out without burning mm-hmm. anything that's going on. It'll slowly bring out the fat, and you can almost melt down the whole piece of fat yeah. into oil. And that's then, what so, I did with duck the other day, and it turned out very well. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good mm. fun. Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? And then so yeah. I, I put I put that into some honey whiskey. Mm. And then you leave that at room temperature for four or five hours, and then you put it in the freezer overnight. And then in the morning, you've got like a fat disc sitting on top of your liquid in the jar. Oh, okay, so I get it, I get it. And then I uh, strained the liquid through like a cheesecloth and a strainer to get all the bits of fat out. So uh, yeah, I was just sort of flying by the seat of my pants with measurements, but I I got the idea that because we've got bacon infused honey whiskey. We've got egg. I used uh, a, an egg with half the yolk, just because I thought the whole yolk was a bit overpowering. Mm. I used 20 mils of Kahlua. I used 45 mils of this fat-washed honey whiskey, by the way. 20 mils of Kahlua oh. and 20 mils of cinnamon whiskey. So it really is breakfasty. So we've got coffee, yeah. and cinnamon, and honey. I like to think of it, you've bacon got cinnamon eggs. toast with honey, you've got yeah. bacon, eggs, and you've got your cup of coffee. Maybe French toast as well with that egg and cinnamon. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it could yeah, be French. It's great texture. Can, yeah. I, can I please have a try? I haven't, I haven't had a chance yeah, to Yeah, by all means. So, so um, when you're making a coffee with egg, be it just the white or the whole thing, you want to dry shake it first. So put all your ingredients oh, in. That smells like... Cinnamon, the cinnamon smell like yeah, Christmas Shake it without the ice. It's got a nice kind of thickness to it. And then after you've done that bit of shaking, you put a couple of ice cubes in. It's like funky eggnog. Pretty small. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that because a... you want the you want the ice to actually dissolve, Pat, and that way you don't have to strain it. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but that's a Christmas morning. That's I think this is pretty. Cocktail. I'm pretty happy with that's this. Christmas that morning. That is the pet nat of eggnog. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's Christmas morning. That's that that flavor that comes through. That's it's eggnoggy with the the spicy. Really good. It's beautiful. That's yeah. really nice, Pat. I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. I'm just relieved to hear that you 
you know, drained the bacon and you sieved the fat. <laughs> yeah, out. no, you definitely. So do I was that. a bit afraid mm. that it was going to be full of. I have actually, I have actually seen when you look up recipes on how to fat wash, um, some of the articles picture cocktails that have bits of crispy bacon in them as garnish. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, like <laughs> bacon. See, that's yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. So we're gonna post, we're gonna post the recipe again on the on the notes of the episode on Facebook mm. and things, so you'll actually be able to give this a go. Yeah, that take is a like photo. a shot served with breakfast. Good mm. smelling. Yeah, and we might actually, yeah, we'll try and get a photo for Breakfast you for social media as well. And also, That's we good. might remake it for the photo. Cool, it um, looks like a beer from this angle. It does. <laughs> and then also, we'll um, we'll give you a bit of a note on how to best render down that fat. So if you want to give it a Yeah, try, look, I definitely good. didn't render down the fat correctly. Yeah, I kind so. of expedited the process because I realized we were doing this uh, the day mm. of the morning after. Yeah. So I was like, I got to make this quick because I think how they typically want you to render fat is do it slowly in the oven over a couple of hours. Mm. But yeah. because I've got to put this in the freezer overnight and let it sit at yeah. room temperature, I was like, you I'm never, just going to fry this I, up. The idea is that every every type of fat and oil has a flash point, mm. and so if it gets too hot, then it can it can spoil the flavor. So if you if you use an oven, it means you can control the heat. So it's a similar thing to when you're mm. um, slow cooking duck, duck or something like that. Um, what's the word? I've lost the French word for when you cook something in its own fat. Um, confit. Confit. Thank you. Um, when oh you confit God. something, if you keep it below, there's a great recipe that you can do with like a vegetable oil, um, eggplant, garlic, things like that. You put it all together, you confit it for many hours. If the oil never reaches a certain temperature, it never gets to its flash point, it's still usable for cooking for anything else because it's never gotten too hot. And so you're actually able to then rebottle that and all the flavors have melded because you get this beautiful oil. Similar concepts to this in, in the sense that if you never let it get too hot, that fat will render down without burning or without changing its flavor. And you can end up with something really nice for your cocktail. I think if um, you guys did this rendering process properly, your cocktail could be even better than it yeah, currently is. Yeah, I think nice. you get more of the pancetta essence. Because that pancetta mm. flavor, it is, it is lovely. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and, and yeah. if someone is looking for a good pancetta, panissi, Wool and Gabba on uh, Balaclava Street. Um, they have Penises. great Penises. Sorry, <laughs> Mark's Italian. Penises. That's my heart. Just yeah. Can I tell you a very funny story? We actually have a line of Penises in our family on my mother's side. Aww. And when they went to schoolies week in the eighties, they had shirts done up because that was a thing back then. I don't know if was it when you guys. No, no yeah, good. <laughs> no, we just did it for the family. No, we didn't have the internet or anything, so you used to have t-shirts done, and they had ones that said the Penisi Boys, but of course they ruffled up a bit. It looks like it said the Penis Boys. <laughs> So everyone kept coming up to them saying, who are the penis boys? Wow. We're like, what? All right. So Old school. We're coming to a close. Own it. Okay, that's right. We're the penis, penis boys. Yeah. Um, so boys. As, as usual, we'll close with our kind of recipe wine pairing uh, thing. So I'm going to this week, talking about the pancetta and everything, I'm going to put forward an Amitriciana, which is a, um, a dish from a town up just outside of Rome. It's, um, it's tomato, it's chili, it's pancetta. Um, Parmesano pecorino, really simple tomato, really mm. simple but delicious dish. Oh my god, it was um, gorgeous! It was, it was lovely. And um, so, wine pairings. What do we think, Mark? Well, it's one of those funny ones going through the pasta with a little bit of chili in there. So mm -hmm. we're looking again at our kind of uh, not entry level, but our village reds kind of from Italy. Wines. So like your Barberas, your Montepulciano's, your Nero to Avalas. It yeah, all like well, really nice. Something with decent acidity, something that fits in that table yeah. style. All right, well then I think the suggestion has got to be Montepulciano. There's actually, if you, classic Italian you can get from Dan Murphy's, there's a, lot, a big range, but if you want something um, kind of interesting, there's two that I'd recommend from Bris from Queensland, Queensland Wines, which is something that we want to try and champion a little bit, being a Queensland-based podcast. Um, so there's La Petit Moor, um, who are in the um, Granite Belt, um, and they are making a Montepulciano that is is really, really nice. 
um, top quality in wine. Amphora. In Amphora. In Amphora. Cool. Um, and then also there is um, the other one, that, the one I tried recently, which is that Cloud Project. So it's a guy in Inogra in Brisbane who's making wine, the grapes, I think there's some New South Wales grapes, might be some New Zealand grapes coming across as well. Um, and he made a Montepulciano that is, it is really nice. And that's Craft Cooper, you can get for 22 bucks. And it'll go really, really well with your Amitriciana that we'll post a recipe to, along with the, um, what are we calling it? I told you the name, didn't I? So it's... Have breakfast a, have a great day no. works, oh, have yeah. a great <laughs> day at work, sweetie. So we have our Amitriciana with our Montepulciano, and we have a have a great day at work, sweetie, cocktail. Um, and I will also say that our video game of the week, which we're not going to continue doing, but I have been playing Stardew Valley this week, oh, and it man. is incredibly relaxing. So I, I do recommend Mark, a game. Mark says he's been playing Yakuza 0. Yakuza 0. That's great. I'm proud of you. I'm into it. That's good. It's less than 50 buttons, so I can deal with yeah, it. Yeah, you deal with it. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, Stardew Valley is just the mouse. So Why haven't you just like up, down, left, right, and punch? How's Gloomhaven, <laughs> Gloomhaven going? Uh, Gloomhaven game. hasn't happened yet. It's uh. a board game. It will probably play Friday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a lot of moving pieces, so it took right. me a while to sort of get my head around it. And I feel like I'm ready to start teaching people how it works. So we'll let you know how Funny. Gloomhaven, the complicated board game, goes. Um, but... Thank you once again for listening to Invino. Hopefully, as we said, double figures this week. Come on, guys, have a listen. Um, we'll share everything on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll be back next episode, hopefully, with I think Brendan uh, Carter from Unico Zello is coming on again. And then in future weeks, we'll have Kerner, we'll have Lada, we'll have Lino Ramble, wow. we'll have some really great winemakers coming in and chatting to us about their methods, their processes, their philosophies. And we'll keep drinking and we'll keep talking to you guys about wine. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Ciao. Bye. What happens when you put three of Brisbane's most talented musicians together to create a playlist? You get the new podcast, Shuffology. Join your three favorite Shuffologists on a journey through time, space, Shuffology, and playlist creation. Every Sunday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere where a podcast is available. Playlists are available on Spotify after the show. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.